Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Wednesday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up in just a moment, the road back for an industry hard hit by the pandemic. From cafes to franchises, I'll speak with Karen Bremer. She's head of Georgia's Restaurant Association about the summer outlook, well, for all of those cafes and franchises and those local eateries we all love. But first this, the number of fully vaccinated Americans continues to increase as new cases continue to drop in the United States. So at this time, more than one third, that's just about 37 percent of Americans are fully vaccinated against the coronavirus that's according to the latest data from the Johns Hopkins University, which also means, in case you want a more specific number, about 88 million plus here in the U.S. And the seven-day average for new cases is also on the decline. Still, public health officials continue to warn we are still far from reaching what we all consider herd immunity. Now, at this time here in Georgia, more than 5.8 million vaccines have been administered and just about 24 percent of all Georgians are fully vaccinated. Meanwhile, more than 800 new cases were just recorded yesterday. So your total number of cases confirmed since last year is just about 876,933. And as always, that is information according to the Georgia Department of Health. And this from the Atlanta Braves. They are teaming up with local health departments to offer free doses of the Pfizer vaccine at Truist Park this Saturday. The vaccine will be available from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., but patients must register, or people, we call them patients, people must register first online. And the Braves will offer another vaccine day later next month to provide second doses. I don't know if this means you'll get free tickets to the game, so don't tell them you heard that on this program, but it wouldn't hurt to ask. Now I've put the Braves on notice. This is Closer Look. <laughs> Producer Grace Walker loves that R&B slow jam. I tell you, Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm Rose Scott. But she does. She loves R&B slow jam. Don't you, Grace? You love it. Yeah. All right. (laughs) In recent weeks, a lot has changed locally and nationally as it relates to COVID-19 guidelines. And most recently, as you all know, the CDC said, look, we're going to ease mask restrictions for people who are fully vaccinated, indicating they no longer have to wear masks while attending small outdoor gatherings, even if others around them are not vaccinated. Now, the CDC is still encouraging fully vaccinated folks to wear masks at large indoor gatherings. And even before the CDC's latest recommendation, George Governor Brian Kemp, in a recorded video, declared that the Peach State, well, is open for business. We will eliminate the gatherings ban. 
and the remaining shelter-in-place requirements. Distance requirements for bars, restaurants, and other places of business will be a thing of the past. We will no longer allow businesses to be closed down for failure to comply with our executive orders, and we will consolidate the remaining recommended guidance into one easy-to-use list. As our COVID-19 numbers continue to trend in the right direction, and with all Georgians age 16 and over now eligible to receive the vaccine, Dr. Toomey and I are encouraging everyone to roll up their sleeve and get their shot so we can continue making steady progress to return to our way of life in the Peach State. And returning to a way of life includes dining out or enjoying a meal in your favorite neighborhood restaurant or eatery. And that is welcome news for an industry that was hit hard by the pandemic. Well, joining me now to talk about all of this is Karen Bremer, president and CEO of the Georgia Restaurant Association. Karen, thanks so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rose. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. It's good to see your face and hear your voice. I know. You know, it's been about a year since we last spoke, but I got to ask, did you think, not just here in Georgia, but as a nation, we'd, we'd get to this point so soon? Um, yes, yes. I, I think that um, that I think that that uh, citizens in our country, particularly here in Georgia, have been following the rules pretty fairly well, and with the uh, the speed of the vaccines uh, being created, um, I I'm I'm pleased where we're at and pleased where we're going. I do want to, for our listeners, if you do know, any idea percentage-wise how many establishments within your association managed to survive through all of this, Karen? Um, we believe at this point that we have about 14,000 out of 19,000 restaurants still operating here in Georgia. We believe it's somewhere around 4,000, the closures in the state of Georgia. Remember, prior prior to March 17th, mm-hmm. uh, the restaurant in, of 2020, the restaurant industry was on track to do $25 billion in revenue. We employed a half a million people, second largest private sector employer in the state, second only to ag. Mm-hmm and about 19,000 locations. Then on then on March 17, 2020, we laid off about 300,000 workers. Thankfully, many of those are back to work now, uh, even though we still have a, a labor issue, which we can talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And we believe about 14,000 restaurants have made it. We lost about $5 billion in revenue last year Let's talk, 2020. Let's talk about those those thousands that had to close and we're you all are pretty sure that this is solely related or mostly related to the pandemic they just couldn't keep their doors open that that's correct and a lot of people say well why did that happen so quickly and the profit margin in a restaurant is four to six percent so if you cut the capacity or you cut that volume coming in it very quickly eats into whatever your reserves are, whatever your capital is, because you can't control what your rent is. You can't really control those utilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, What you can control is your labor costs, you know, furlough people, send them home, cut cut your schedules, food costs you can control by you only order enough food to satisfy the demand of, 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 uh, of product that your restaurant has, but all those other fixed expenses remain the same. And that's the other 30% of the equation. And I remember you and I had a conversation. I also talked to, you know, restaurant owners, particularly the smaller ones here in the Atlanta area that said, look, even with the um, takeout 
and delivery that wasn't enough. And also, too, for some, for many, they said, look, you know, we wanted to make sure we could keep some of our employees on, but it, for many of them, they just could not do it. Of those those thousands that did close, did they any indication that some might come back online or are they done? They have closed for good. Um, we believe that they are done. However, we have the Restaurant Revitalization Act, which is the, the specific funding for restaurants. Um, the application process starts this Friday, and then the actual applications open on Monday. So every restaurant needs to go 9 o'clock in the morning on Friday to the SBA website and set up their account, and then hop on at 12 o'clock on Monday in order to fill out the application. Um, this money is grants and it and it's actually grants to folks that might have closed a restaurant. Um, there's a lot of criteria and a lot of information. Uh, we ha actually are doing a webinar with SBA. Um, there's information on our website at garestaurants.org. Mm -hmm. And uh, anybody that's interested, please sign on. Uh, we'd love to answer your questions. Um, but we're, we're hoping that this money is going to help some folks possibly to reopen and certainly for those to, to, to stay open. As someone who has been in this industry, who is an expert in analysis, could it take a full year? We've heard some analysts say in overall for the nation's economy, it could take 2024 for a, quote, complete rebound. As it relates to Georgia in this industry, Karen, could it be just a, a, a good summer that this industry rebounds here in the state or could it take a year or two, more than a year or two? You know, um, things are really starting to open up uh, from a convention and I think business travel standpoint uh, starting in September of this year, at least the analysis that I've seen on that. Um, you know, the all the Gallup polls indicate that there's an overwhelming um uh, demand to go out to restaurants by consumers because people are now vaccinated. You know, a, a, as you were saying earlier in your show, um, we can go outside now without a mask and there's there's new guidelines related to that. Um, and so restaurants are actually starting to, to do better right now, mm -hmm. but the amount of business that somebody can do is limited by the number of employees that they have. And we are short somewhere between 50 and 75,000 workers right now to staff our restaurants. And, uh, and so we're not going to be able to achieve a certain volume until we get everybody back to work. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, a, there's a couple key things with that, with that labor issue right now. One is 52% of all our workers are women in restaurants. 71% mm -hmm. uh, of all servers in the restaurant industry are women. And um, obviously, when we went into stay in place and the schools uh, were teaching from home, women had to stay home. The, the, the caregiving role traditionally falls to women uh, to take care of sick family and to take care of the kids and educate them. And with many of the daycare centers that have also gone out of business and didn't receive funding to get back open, that's had a significant effect on, on our workforce. As well, there are people still to this day collecting unemployment, even though we have all these jobs available. And uh, the job availability is not just the restaurant industry, but but that's what we're talking about today. So, Well, what we should know note is that, and we've had these discussions here on this program, about one in four women 
uh, were considering leaving the workforce, and it was estimated up to 5 million women had to leave the workforce Mm -hmm. during this pandemic. And also, when you talk about folks maybe not returning to the restaurant industry, uh, you can understand that feeling. Uh, You know, look, we don't know. Hopefully, we will never have another pandemic. Like, we ain't even out of this pandemic, as they would say. So you can understand folks maybe being a little leery uh, if folks are still collecting unemployment insurance. But what are restaurants, are they grappling with? How can we get more folks to come back? We can have a whole other conversation about minimum wage, Karen. We've had that conversation. But (laughs) what can you all offer them in terms of support or suggestions? You know, say we need workers, but, you know. What do you what do you what do you offer them? I mean, obviously, maybe a mom and pop in Old Fourth Ward or Cabbage Town, maybe they can offer a little bit more. But for some of the franchises, and I know they're a part of your association, they are going to be headstrong that we're going to stick with this model that we've had for decades. And it's a certain amount per hour. And then your tips. What do you say to that? How do you get folks to come and apply to work in this industry? Um, quite honestly, I my take on that is that the average server makes between 20 and 30 dollars an hour um, in, in, in tips in the restaurants and um, right now getting people back to work we have all sorts of things going on um, you know down on the coast if you if you want to go down to Tybee mm-hmm. or Jekyll Island and work down there some restaurants are offering a three thousand dollar bonus if you come down and work till October uh, that's payable in October. We have restaurants here in Atlanta that are offering $500 uh, signing bonuses. You make it to 90 days, you're going to get a $500 bonus. There's all sorts of incentive incentives that people are doing. Um, we have emphasized to think think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate back to um, when I needed to staff restaurants for the Olympics. Um, I started recruiting my regular customers. Hey, do you want to invite your nieces and nephews down down to Atlanta to work the Olympics? And there's a lot of kids getting out of high school, a lot of kids getting out of that are going to be home for the summer. I'm sure parents would love to encourage them to get a summer job <laughs> yeah. to help defray the college expenses. <laughs> um, but but we're we're definitely emphasizing that. And, and I think the news from the CDC will will uh, create. Uh, a better sense of comfort for people mm-hmm. in terms of their children. I mean, there's there's definitely been the, the, the group of people that have been scared to send their children to school, scared to send their children back to college. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this, this uh, resurgence of consumer confidence and what's going on will get people back to work and get people to encourage others to go back to work. Hey, I sold T-shirts during the Olympics, so my father was thrilled I had a job. (laughs) If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Karen Bremer, the president and CEO of the Georgia Restaurant Association. And we're talking about how Georgia restaurant and cafe owners and eateries, how maybe they're going to fare this summer. And so, Karen, I I take it it is welcome news from Governor Brian Kemp, recently easing these COVID-19 restrictions. But I also want to get your thoughts on, do you think the the model for how new restaurants come online, new eateries, new cafes, how the pandemic has changed, what that will look like. Well, we see probably more restaurants that want to have a patio and maybe a smaller inside. What do you think this pandemic will do in terms of the business and the model moving forward, especially here in Georgia? 
Oh, I, I think the restaurant uh, industry had to innovate in a very, very short period of time. We had to go to touchless menus, touchless payment. Um, many restaurants didn't have a website presence, had to set up a website presence to to uh, allow for the, the takeout and, and the delivery. You have um, many um, of the franchise fast food restaurants are designing units now that don't eat, that have no dine-in seating. Mm -hmm. They're just drive-through models. Um, so you're going to see that larger patios. Um, and, you know, I think that um, that this pandemic has made it very clear. Stick to what you're really good at in terms of your menu. Get rid of the items on your menu that don't sell, that are maybe too costly mm -hmm. um, and simplify what you're doing because people look at specific restaurants for specific food. You probably go to the same Mexican restaurant and order the same dish with the same margarita week after week. And that's pretty much how most people dine. <laughs> Well, I got to say that, yes, I, I do order something because I love it. It's, it's great, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but what is the outlook for this summer? I mean, that $5 billion that was lost, you said, I think you said $5 billion that was lost Correct. last year. Are you all expecting that this year? And then what, what is a, a reasonable expectation in terms of revenue for our, particularly our small mom and pop eateries and restaurants here? What you think is going to be a good, good summer for them? Yes, I think it's going to be a good summer for everybody. Um, again, I go back to Americans, Georgians, Atlantans. We're ready to get out there. We're ready to support restaurants. We're ready. I think people are tired of washing dishes and cooking at home and eating out of a brown paper bag. And that's going to push people out to, to dine. The, the one thing I would say to your listeners is as the restaurant industry is coming back on and we're getting there, Remember, a lot of the restaurants are not completely staffed, so have some patience. Just relax. Take the time to relax. Everybody needs to relax. Everybody's so stressed out. And, and, and have some patience with, um, with the restaurants that you love. They're not doing it intentionally. Mm -hmm. They want to hire everybody right now and get, and get things back to normal as quickly as possible. What are you all advising if, they have, if your members have questions about, should I mandate that the staff be vaccinated? Because that could be an issue for some. We actually have some some really good uh, materials on um, the ramifications, the thought process that needs to go into mandating uh, vaccines. You know what you can do, what you can't do, um, and then uh, for those that want to do something like that, you know what are the legal parameters uh, surrounding it. And I just got an email from a listener who wants to know, again, could you have your guest give the link for the small business uh, for Monday? And we'll probably have a link on our website as well, but I guess they're wanting more information about what, what's happening Monday. Yeah, I'll send I'll send over um, I'll send over the links to you um, uh -huh. after after uh, we finish our interview and your team can put it up on the website. And again, this is a sort of a revitalization effort to help these um cafes and eateries and restaurants in Georgia, correct? Yeah, this this fund is specifically for the restaurant industry. It also includes food trucks. It also includes inns that serve food. It includes the breweries, the wineries. Um, if you are a restaurant or have a component of your business that serves already prepared food to guests, um, theoretically, a mom and pop convenience store that has, you know, a kitchen and it could, could possibly 
um, be eligible for this money. But this money is the first dibs, the first 21 days are to women-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, and then economically disadvantaged uh, businesses. Well, we would definitely... uh, yeah, got all the information for that to help everybody. No, we appreciate that, Karen. I think that's wonderful information. Karen Bremer, President and CEO of the Georgia Restaurant Association. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for that information as we all look to hopefully help our, our local and, and statewide small businesses get back online. Thank you, Karen. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much, Rose. Take care. Stay safe. I Bye. will. You too. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. Classic song from a classic film. My favorite line from Easy Rider. <laughs> I never wanted to be anybody else. Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Our next guest doesn't ride a motorcycle. I don't think she does. But she was inspired along with a friend to hit the road last year. And it was because of the pandemic. I just feel there is so much going on. There is so much work to be done. And sometimes we all don't know where to start. And this is uh, sort of my effort. I've just got to do something. I've got to start somewhere um, with whatever means I have. That's Jenny Levison, also known as Super Jenny, founder and owner of several neighborhood cafes right here in the Atlanta area. Now, last year, Jenny and a good friend Meg decided to hit the open road on what they called a kindness tour. Well, Super Jenny decided to hit the road again, and she joins me now live from somewhere. Super Jenny, welcome back. <laughs> live from the Home Depot parking lot in Nashville. <laughs> so where are you? How are you? We are right outside Nashville in the Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> we're having a little we're having a little sewer issue today. Uh oh. For second day. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Where are you headed, Jenny? <laughs> we are headed to Maine this time around oh man let's recap yes. let's recap for our wab listeners how all of this got started last year with the kindness tour uh, you know rose we got started uh obviously in the height of the pandemic there was so much going on and in, uh, in our country as a whole uh last year uh it was a tough year for everyone and i just in the middle of it thought like i needed to do something i didn't know what to do uh, our restaurants were open for takeout, but not for dine-in. And I just needed to get out there and do some good. So uh, Meg, uh, who you met, uh, and I got in an RV uh, with her husband and son trailing behind us in another RV. And we traveled cross-country for six weeks uh, doing random acts of kindness, although we've re- uh, now we call them intentional acts of kindness, mm-hmm. uh, just for the perfect strangers that we'd come across. Sometimes we would pair up with local farms, 
buy their produce, turn it into soup, and then find places to donate it in that community. Mm. Uh, so that was the first trip, and we just left yesterday on the second. So, Jenny, let me ask you this. How do you sum up, if you can, the experience of those first six weeks out on the road from last year? I I would sum it up by saying it was just really life-changing. Just to get out there when there's so much um, strife in our communities right now in this country and just really um, spread some hope and joy, uh, not even just for people that are truly suffering, but just all of us, mm-hmm. uh, to get out there and be kind and do some just sort of random kindness for people that weren't, if they're not expecting it. Jenny, was there a stop or an encounter that has created a, a lasting impression with you? For me, I think from that first trip, I think Lake Charles, uh, Louisiana, was really uh, a turning point for me. I'd never been uh, there, and I've certainly never seen the aftermath of tornadoes and hurricanes, and uh, it was devastating. And, you know, we are what we're doing is just a tiny drop in the bucket, but we're just hoping um, to, uh, Meg calls it, you know, start planting seeds plant seeds of uh, making ripples, ripples of kindness that will inspire other people to do the same thing. You know, and the more people we have doing it, the greater impact we'll make. Uh, but definitely Lake Charles was a tough stop. And But we also found incredible joy there from the people we met. It was really beautiful. Was there an individual or family that you encountered also that had a lasting impression? I'm trying to think from that first trip. Um, you know, my I th- I still think that those were some of my best memories. And like mm-hmm. Charles, we came across a church group that was having, you know, in the middle of this de- devastation, having an outdoor service, and their kids were dancing, and they were having to drive through groceries, and uh, it was just an incredible community that I loved. What did you hear from folks about how they were trying to deal? with all of this during this time, the pandemic and folks out of work and, of course, the health implications. What were you hearing? Uh, yes. Uh, well, I, I think the first time around, people were scared. And, you know, we were trying to, we were doing everything, you know, socially distanced as possible. But I felt there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of um, anger and frustration and, uh, go, you know, in our country and everyone's just trying to get their bearings and, now, you know, we're starting on the second tour, and I feel that people have some hope, but, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. So mm-hmm. it's just, I think people are exhausted. And I think that's why I wanted to go out again, that everyone's just tired. Well, when you all came back and before you made, well, let me ask you, did you make the decision to do it again before you came back? Or why you all, or were you, when you were here, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this again. <laughs> oh, no. When we were on the road the first time, we already were like this this is now going to have to become part of our lives. Uh, and I think anytime I travel now, I'm going to have to find some way to incorporate uh, a gift and, you know, getting involved in the communities that I'm visiting. So if, we'll definitely keep it going. If you're just joining us, I'm joined by Super Jenny, who is on the road. Well, technically she's <laughs> parked on the road at a Home Depot in Nashville. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> we're talking about the, <laughs> the her second kindness tour because it's still a kindness tour. And you mentioned earlier this would be a little bit different. How will it be different? Uh, well, this trip we really have tried to look for some interesting stories. Um, we're working like a few cities ahead. And so just as an example, our first stop yesterday was in Collierville, Tennessee, uh, which is right outside of Memphis. And, you know, we heard, I don't know, it was a story I believe I heard from her mom through social media about this extraordinary 10-year-old girl who, all during the pandemic, she's uh, had some uh, developmental disabilities, uh, and her family, you know, doesn't have much, but she had started her own little a charity called Deontra's Kindness Tour. And she go, she would show up and just bring snack bags and drinks to uh, essential workers or workers at Walmart or her favorite restaurant just to show her appreciation for all the people that were working so hard during the last year. So I had heard about her. And uh, even though we're sort of headed up the East Coast to Maine, I knew that this needed to be our first stop so we could meet this little girl and her family and just spend the day with them and do we ended up doing an event with the entree yesterday and we gave out you know quarts of turkey chili and her snack bags together and just shared some time with her and her family to hear you know their story and it was just incredible that this is a family that they're struggling themselves mm-hmm. but they've made it a priority to get out there and help other people and you know gotta say much like an easy rider it was too just like on this kind of tour, you, you've got your buddy Meg with you now. You know, yes. Meg is dealing with something right now. But what does it mean to have one of your best buds to not only do it the first time, but to come back out again with you? Oh my God! I don't think I'd do it. I wouldn't do it without Meg. No way. <laughs> first of all, she's not only the jack of all trades; she's really the front person. I. You think I was this extrovert, but I'm incredibly introverted. I want to get the things, make the soup, and she is so good at walking right up to people, introducing our, ourselves, what we do, and why we're doing it. Uh, she's also in charge of ambiance, of RV ambiance. <laughs> Every time we get to a campsite, um, she does a full uh, layout of magical lights and setup for us. Uh, and uh, she's out, you know, trying to fix the sewer. So I'm not going anywhere without her. <laughs> so, uh, Jenny, it's just the same RV, correct? Uh, no, we uh, we rented the last RV, and we've rented this one. Um, so, uh, no, I'm still in the rental mode of mm. renting an RV. Now, Who knows, though? Maybe one day I'll get my own. Now, last year, you were just learning to operate the RV. So now, after a year... How are those driving skills? A little bit better? <laughs> well, so far I've only hit my mailbox as I was leaving home. <laughs> but, yes, I would say that my driving skills are getting better. How are Hopefully you, Meg can't hear me. Now, how are you and Meg, how are you all handling? How are you? How's your mental state? And also, you know, Jenny, we have been in a pandemic. So how have you all been able to make sure, not getting all up in your business, but to make sure you all have oh, been yeah. safe and you know, with COVID still out there, so y'all have been getting tested. How many times did you get tested while you're out on the yes. road? Um, I think I definitely got tested in 2020, probably 20 times, uh, because I'm also in the restaurant industry. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, we we were getting constantly tested. We've obviously both been out of vaccines now at this point. But I think that it's been 
we're just like everyone else. You know, it's been a challenging time, but we're also better off than a lot of people. And we know that. And we're grateful every day that, you know, we have supportive families and people in our lives that are even allowing us uh, to get out there mm-hmm. on the road. I mean, I have an incredible team of people uh, running my restaurants that I, I wouldn't be able to do this if I couldn't walk away and trust them. Hopefully they're open today. If you could check on that, that would be awesome. I'll do. I'll do that for you. Because earlier, earlier in the program, we talked about the plight of Georgia's yep. restaurants and eateries. So uh, how how did the Super Jenny Cafes? How did you all fare doing all of this? You know, I think that first, you know, March, the first few months was it was, was tough because even our employees, you know, they they were scared, and we're certainly not going to make anyone work that is was afraid. And but but we had a takeout model, so we were very fortunate. Uh, for that that was already in place as part of our business uh so and you know it's slowly coming back we Mm -hmm. finally reopened our dining rooms you know with some a little less seating but out we were closed for a full year and uh, we opened them just about three weeks ago i actually just got a question from a listener wants to know great i think you just answered are all the cafes open and also um you know Here's a question. Ask Jenny what she's getting out of this experience, which is actually one of the questions I had. So that's a good question. What are you getting out of this experience? I am getting just so much joy. You know, it's an exercise in being present and being where my feet are. So I, and I think I can speak for Meg too, just coming across people that you wouldn't normally meet, um, every kind of person from every kind of background, that it's just getting to know people out, you know, that we're all the same, but we're, we're all struggling with different issues uh, and just being able to talk to someone that I haven't talked to. I met someone from Jordan yesterday and just to hear about their culture and someone I've probably never come across in my mm-hmm. everyday life. Uh, you know, and the giving is just, uh, just a piece of it. Jenny, do you and Meg plan to stay out for an, another six weeks, or is this more of a just a, this trip is obviously planned, but, I mean, six weeks? Yeah, we're going to stay out for three weeks this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, you know, the six was stretching it with not uh, being at work, so uh, we're making it a little shorter, but I think we'll still get an incredible uh, amount done. I mean, we're in Nashville for the day. We have, we have like, six different projects we're trying to do today. All right, and Super Jenny, you all are getting your rest as well. Absolutely, and eating good food. We're going to cook every day, so maybe I'll come up with some new recipes while I'm on the road. Oh, that was that was actually one of my questions too. Are you able to? <laughs> are you being inspired with some new recipes? Now you have yet to put my father's famous cornbread on the recipe on your menu. <laughs> you I'm not going to get into that again, Jenny. That. <laughs> We're not going to have that conversation again because clearly you do not want Joseph Lindsay's favorite jalapeno oh pepper my. cornbread on a menu but that's okay can you just make me some <laughs> <laughs> what has been a favorite um, soup that folks have really enjoyed when y'all have been out i am trying from the first tour i uh, got to go through um some fun places that i you know i didn't know that soup uh the kentucky i think it's called burgaloo soup uh, which is a meat soup. I, you know, I, every time I we would go through a place, 
uh, I try to find, you know, either a, a soup recipe or a food that I was inspired to make a soup from. Um, we're about to go and visit a restaurant here in Nashville. The, one of them was hit hard by the last flood uh, called Bolton's. I don't uh-huh. know if you know that. Spicy chicken and catfish. Hmm. So maybe I'll be inspired to try to create something from eating there. Uh, a catfish-inspired soup. That actually might be <laughs> hey, You never know. Yeah. Or fried chicken soup. <laughs> ah, you know what? Well, this I will definitely take it. And when you get back, we will go into the kitchen. <laughs> we will try out. My father's okay, famous, I'm well, you famous it. in St. Louis to a particular house, a jalapeno pepper cornbread, hot water All skillet right, cornbread, keep in mind. Oh, that would be the best. <laughs> I will look forward to it. I'm going to hold you to it. Jenny Levison, also known as Super Jenny, founder and owner of several of the neighborhood cafes right here in the Atlanta region, speaking with Closer Look from the road on the Kindness <laughs> Tour. Part two. You all like, you know, you're like. Part two. Yeah, you're like, uh, I don't know, Led Zeppelin. Every now and then, y'all come out with a tour. <laughs> Continue. By the way, that song you played, we've, we put, we're we going to play it every morning now. We played that first thing when we got in the RV this morning. I had no idea. Born to be wild. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Continued <laughs> safe travels, Jenny, for you and Meg. Uh, you. Best of luck. We'll holler at you when y'all get back, okay? Thank you so much, Rose. Take care. You too. Closer Look, of course, is produced by Grace Walker and LaShawn Hudson. Our engineer is Kevin Rinker. If you missed any of today's program, it's always online at wabe.org slash closerlook. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. As I always say, I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.